0: So, all right, we have uh, Claire Walford on the podcast. Claire, who has been in exile for a long time.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It has a bad connotation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh, For a year uh, in uh, Britain, and now she's back in in Germany, but not in Berlin, but in Munich. So... um, Yeah, nice to have you here, Claire. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk a bit about uh, everything in life. We already had a chat about the stuff that you're uh, up to down in Munich. Um, But yeah, let's just start with um, um, what made you go to uh, Munich. and. I, I don't know. Um, are you finished with your degree or what, what has happened since last time?
1: Finished with my degree. Thank God. <laughs> I think that was the priority number one. Um, I finished.
0: Your de- degree in?
1: In civil engineering. <laughs> ENG. First class degree. No one knows what that means, but I scraped through didn't fail which was a challenge in and of itself to motivate I always thought I had really good internal motivation and then like corona comes and you're sitting at home by yourself and there are exam papers to be done online with no time cap for like two weeks and then motivation suddenly disappears so got it done and then decided I, through, through the time that I had in Berlin, when I ended up at Scapist, I was not going to jump directly back into civil engineering, even though that's what my degree is in. So I chose Munich because, (laughs) because it was an elimination process of, I'm not going to stay in the UK. I'm not going to go back to the shit show that is the US. And I wanted to go, in hindsight, I think I would have been fine going somewhere where I didn't speak the language. That was something I thought, okay, well, my German could use improvement. I'll go back to Germany. And it's easier to move somewhere where I speak the language and have a passport, actually, um, which helps. But yeah, I thought Hamburg is too near to England, too rainy and cold. And I know people there. I thought Berlin is one of my favorite cities still, but it's too easy because I know people and I know the city and I needed a new, new start somewhere where I would be challenged in both like the admin side of setting up my life and finding a bono and that sort of thing but also just like moving somewhere new in itself where you don't know anyone is another challenge so why yeah.
0: not? so did uh, did uh, Corona stuff uh, affect you a lot like uh, you said I had problems with the uh, motivation a bit um, yes. Yeah, did that have like a yeah, deeper, deeper effect on you now in hindsight?
1: I think it did. I think it had not a negative effect. It definitely had, I mean it had an effect on everyone, I would say, broadly speaking. Um I think it made me think a lot more because I had more time to myself. And I spend more time like having to be confronted with your yourself and like your coping mechanisms and your habits and the things that you took for granted and the things that you were relying on that you maybe don't have access to anymore. Yeah. And even just the fact of not having a shit ton of things to do. I mean, I still had things to do. I thought you need to reach To finish, but I was lucky enough that it was sort of in the bag. And like I had up until the point that Corona hit, all of my semester averages were like the top tier of where I was aiming to be. And so at some point in April, the uni said, okay, because of Corona, we're going to say you all need to like finish all of your exams, all of your tests, you need to pass. But if you get lower than, if you get a score that would implicate a lower average than you're currently sitting at, you will maintain the higher average that you had before the worship of Corona happened. So, in that way, I was lucky because that mental burden was relieved. So, it was, uh, it was more of a, I don't have a commute anymore. I have much more time. <laughs> I have a, in sum, less work. I have zero social obligations anymore because the only social obligation is the person I live with. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was probably the biggest the biggest thing. And I I mean, I have to say, I'm like, I'm super lucky. I didn't know anyone personally who was um, caught Corona or like really negative. I knew, I know a couple of people caught it, but like no one who was in hospital was seriously from it. I personally don't think I've had it. My whole house thinks we may have had it before everyone knew what it was, but we'll find out when there's an antibody test. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for that, I I was really super lucky. I didn't have a job that I lost. I, yeah, many things to, to be grateful for there.
0: Yeah. So, uh, when you were here in Berlin, you started to study the precision nutrition, uh, thing. Uh, When did you finish that
1: finished that? Good question. Um, a year and two months ago, maybe three, I finished just before I left for, um, Switzerland and then the UK. It's like August of whatever calendar year that was.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. And um, did that uh, start uh, brought you any uh, anything forward? With the uh, oh, yeah.
1: have you have any of you guys? No, Mark is doing it now. Have you? You haven't done it yet, have you?
0: No, I, I haven't done it yet. Okay.
1: I think that carries has the biggest carryover. I mean, a level one, of course, like I need it to legally be a crossfit coach, but mm. also a lot of fun. You don't say like the stuff I learned compared to the stuff I learned from decision nutrition is night and day. Um, Probably because there's so much more to the movement side. It's like practice, and like like you said, reps uh-huh. and making mistakes, learning from the mistakes, correcting the mistakes. But I think the precision nutrition certification really really opened my eyes to like coaching is nutrition coaching in particular is okay. There's some biochemistry there. There's some like, this is what a protein is. This is what a fat is. This is maybe when you should eat in relation to training, but 80% is the head and communication and language and mindset, black and white, on or off, thinking spectrums. Thinking about sustainability and the community side.
0: So, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, have you pre- started to practice that, implement that?
1: I think that's probably, I didn't expect it to be, but that's this mindset side, whether my clients know it or not, I'd say, like, with most of my clients, plus or minus, is the majority of what comes into play. Um, When I say like my clients, my online clients. So there's a lot of conversation about like, why are these habits coming up? Or why are we defaulting to these patterns? Or what does this behavior serve? Or what's the, what's the reason, basically, like, what's the reason why? I'm asking why.
0: Yeah.
1: And figuring out, yeah, maybe the awareness piece is just the first, like figuring out that there is something happening, like identifying, oh, I am, I didn't realize, but I am eating, I don't know, for example, if you're in home office, I'm eating like five times a day, oh didn't even realize like why is that and then digging a little deeper like oh maybe I'm bored and then how do I feel after I eat that well what's that language going on inside my head Is it, oh that's okay like I accept that I was bored and ate a piece of chocolate like let's move on or is it a thing that nags you all day that's like oh I need to oh well, I need to go out and like spend an extra 10 minutes at the gym to get rid of that and burn off whatever that, that's the other thing that like pisses me off is the my fitness pal you've earned this amount of calories today like you can fuck off if you've earned your <laughs> you've earned your calories because you're because we're all little hamsters in the My Fitness pal wheel burning our burning off our foods
0: yeah yeah the calorie in calorie out um Um, method that has been proven to be very helpful (laughs) for no one. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) It's like, no, calories don't matter. You just eat whatever you want. It's like, well, okay, there's some nuance to this conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So... um, now going from uh being a i don't know engineer to do uh fitness health coaching um you um yeah what's your plan there why why are you deserting the the, the fine life of of uh calculating how bridges should be built <laughs>
1: Good question. Sometimes I do look I'm walking along the street, and say construction center and like I don't know, there's something there. There's still something there. So like if I'm in yeah. 15 years, so I don't know, project managing at the Baustelle, like I I'm not closing myself off to that. Yeah. Um but I think I'm I'm searching for meaning for sure.
0: Yeah. And have you have you uh, looked into anatomy anatomy yeah
1: It's my next my next degree is going to be in something to do with anatomy and then that <laughs> will be
0: psychology <laughs> yeah
1: um but yeah i think i'm searching for something to a I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the this question of what's the point of life um, and trying to figure out a way for me that I there's something in me that doesn't sit well with a nine-to-five where I feel like I'm just a cog in the machine, and I feel like I want to make a difference somehow, and obviously people people who work in an office all day are not making a difference. I think it's the selfishness of my part that I want to feel. I want to feel like I am improving people's lives in like a tangible, a tangible way that both they feel and that I can feel, and that the A to B of my work and a positive outcome is a shorter distance than if I'm drawing lines on a CAD drawing, that yes, eventually we'll build a building, but do I really see that
0: direct connection?
1: Mm-hmm. A little bit harder.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this connects a bit to uh, your latest blog post and that's what I—that's why I reached out to you. Uh, I claim that I, I might have a good, good answer to it uh, or uh, reply. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, I couldn't hear you there. But um, but yeah, uh, you can. I'm I'm trying to kind of paraphrase you a bit in this. But it it seems a bit like you said right now. It's about finding. Um, like you need to be busy, right? Uh, you need to be busy, and if you slow down. Uh, it is easy to get trapped in uh, dark places uh, or anxious places, maybe. Um, and um, yeah, that you enjoy having something to work against, and you you have a hard time if you don't have it. And the problem is then, if you're whatever you're working against is not hundred percent what you maybe believe in or whatever it might be. We might look at your studies but for this example, but it was a hard time for you to find that motivation for the, the final sprint maybe. Uh, but um, yeah, so, so what is, uh, I mean, this kind of comes down to this existential question of like, what's the purpose of life? what's the, what's the meaning of my life and so on. And, um, I mean, for some people that can be very, um, they really need to have this like deeper, deeper, uh, meaning for it. Um, which I can kind of understand, but, um, something I also think is very helpful is, uh, this, um, notion of being more mindful uh, and this means that uh, like mindful has become this kind of trend word also and um but I, I like um like sam harris who i think is the one who kind of introduced me at all to how this kind of works for him and also how it uh how It has kind of uh, been reflected inside me without me kind of knowing the context of it, but just to have this kind of framework of understanding that um, mindfulness is about um, not only, um, you know, being able to meditate and kind of sit there and relax or whatever you want to call it. No, it's about understanding that you can control you can control your, your mind and how you're thinking. And as soon as you start to um, be able to do that, you, you start to develop this sense of, um, and questions about like free will, for example. And how much am I thinking that is actually my own will? Or how much, how much is actually just happening and when you're really, really mindful, you start to understand that there's just a lot of things always coming up, and you can't control it. Like, you, or you can control your response to it, but yeah. there's like this um, contra- uh, constant flow of things popping up. So if you try to clear your mind as much as you want, and you sit there, you sit there, and then you, you kind of stare or you might might have your eyes closed and and you're like i'm not thinking about anything and then when you start to really get mindful you start to understand you're actually thinking of 10 things at the same time they're kind of popping up and you're um yeah having a hard time to uh, uh to even just dis- see that because you're so busy with <laughs> being uh,
1: <Yeah. laughs>
0: yeah of telling yourself a story and then you realize oh wait i'm telling myself a story right now so um it is uh it kind of everything connects in in that sense but as soon as you start to get again content with the idea that um and I, i i guess it's just this kind of mindset of this is just this is nice. Like I am me, by myself or with other people, whatever it might be. This is nice. Like I'm not, I'm not under uh, threat of death, or not, I'm not dying. Therefore, it's much better than nothing. <laughs> so, um, and so, and so, if anything in that scale, you know, you're not. You're not, uh, you know, there's no fire underneath your feet. You're not getting scorched. You're not getting, you know, um, hurt. Then you're kind of already in a good place. So uh, from here on, everything is kind of easy that you just need to figure out where you want to go. And uh, then it starts to become more of like, you know, okay doesn't matter in which, which direction you go. Um, and the answer is, in one sense, like no, uh, in my opinion, is that you need to start moving. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And there's nothing as this is right in, in that sense, as long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting someone else. Um, so. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, then to get more into this kind of what's the meaning of life is um, this is kind of the the biggest thing I would say that differentiates people that have kids or not, is that as soon as you have your own kids, that's there's nothing in comparison to that. And there's nothing I have done in my life that is better and probably will never be. So um, not, not to take that away from like, people that never have, have had kids or will never have. Uh, if you look, look at statistics, people that don't have kids are happier, <laughs> <laughs> um, which uh, I think is, yeah it makes sense in one sense. That having a huge amount of responsibility for some other people's lives um, is, uh takes a toll like it, it literally sucks the energy out of you it literally drains you of, of everything so uh, that is part of part of life and if you look at the extremes like insects and whatever where they they actually eat up their mother or whatever <laughs> this is
1: Luckily, we're not.
0: (laughs) not (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But so uh, I I think from pure, uh, uh, I don't see this too often, so this is kind of why why I share it, is that um, when you feel like you're, uh, well, when you feel like everything is empty, when you feel like it um, doesn't matter how often I go to the gym. It doesn't matter how, if I go to that party or, you know, for the hundredth time, I go to uh, to the whatever concert and so on. Um, and you don't feel content by that. I think it's because, uh, yeah, it's time to, like, move on, to to make, take a bigger responsibility. Um, and... Uh, this is our this is my learning for myself is that um yeah it was time to move on like time to move on to something else and take more responsibility and and my case also getting by getting more responsibility to um towards something or someone else in like this ultimate position of of uh, care or whatever responsibility it is also a second growth phase in yourself. So uh, um, I'm not sure that like the the box would have happened without that, for for example. So um, yeah, I, I guess that is kind of somewhere in, deep inside there. The point is uh, there's there are faces uh, where we need to go through and, and maybe like, you don't want to jump these faces either. Um, and, um, I guess this is also, uh, well I, it's not super controversial, but one thing I think, this is my personal opinion. I think, uh, I don't know if I I've, I've talked to you about that before, but is that, um, how many women uh, are raised up in, uh, like in, in our western society? I would say, with this uh, enormous press, pressure of being successful in in uh, school and like engineering or you know having a career, and um, it takes a lot of time to do that right so you need to like put in your energy to do it and then you have to make a career and so on and then um at some point uh uh these women they get kids and they are like in this uh crossroad of like what should i actually do what's my responsibility here and that also leads them to and again, they put pressure on themselves. They have to be super moms, but mm-hmm. also uh have a career. Mm-hmm. And uh um I think why why this is particularly hard for women is because uh uh women are basically just much more connected to to the kids' first developing years. It's like uh and I think there are a lot of women that are, um, there are, doing their best to try to be this stereotype of a successful woman, where you have a kid and a career, yeah. and everything, and everything is just great and super. But um, my hypothesis is that, uh, and I, I know I share this a lot, is that. that Especially when the kids are small, the more you put in to that bank vault uh, of the kids' emotions and everything, uh, the better it will grow at the end. Like the interest rate is like enormous, and um, and also uh, the, the the parents and and so on, they they get more, I would say, fulfilled by by having that no doubt that I I did the right thing for this other person. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, but again, with the social pressure of being both, I think it's super hard. So a lot of women, uh, they they try with the career and they try to hide themselves inside it, but they're feeling miserable because they're not doing... Maybe the thing that would would have been much more important for them, like in, a, in emotionally for them, yeah. uh, and then they, have, yeah. I mean, you end up with uh, all kind of problems. But um, and for for men, it's it's kind of kind of the same too, I, I guess. But um, um, there is I uh, i would say yeah i guess the social pressure is also changing in that that sense um but uh, there's more uh of a uh social ac- accept- acceptance i guess for um yeah i, I don't know it, it simply is uh, <laughs> unsuccessful men don't get Get kids basically, so it's uh, yeah.
1: I think that's much more on your mind because of the point in your life you're at
0: right now, for sure.
1: Yeah, so I can imagine having a baby, and I think it's interesting that you say that also. For me to reflect, because I always like was always so so grateful that my mom was like a stay at home mom. Like she was my mom for eighteen years, and she still is. My mom, but, like my brother and I both had her. Like she was full time like taking care of us for twenty years because twenty one years because of the age difference. And like I. I think as a younger kid, I just didn't like, it didn't click in my head, like, oh, like there's a difference between like what my mom does and like what a lot of other moms do. Like, it just didn't register by other kids while we were having like nannies and babysitters and doing billion after-school activities and always busy with something. And uh, it didn't hit until I was maybe in like middle school that, oh, like, I'm really lucky and I think there's a lot that I still don't know I'll never know what would have been if she would have been working part-time or full-time while I was growing up but I I definitely think it made a big influence on me as a person and just like the stress I guess the stress that you have as a kid and the freedoms that you're allowed to have and the the freedoms in being yourself and like finding yourself and getting to grow as a person within the context of your family because if you never really see your parents like right. a lot of people don't have a choice because of financial situations that both parents have to work a lot of the time um but yeah i, I definitely um I'm grateful
0: for, like, the way that I was able to be brought yeah. up. Yeah, so uh, also to make that clear, too, is that I don't think this is the case for, like, everyone. So I, I'm i just saying, so it, it can be totally possible that, uh, like, a mom or, or a dad, whatever, that their biggest drive in their life is actually to, you know clean the toilets at a hotel I don't know that might be like much more in line with what they actually want to do and they don't want to have anything to do with raising their kids Uh, and in one sense that's fine Um, is that uh, and we like I I don't put any judgment on it Uh, if somebody or I I get like cleaning toilets is is a bad example but we say uh, having a very successful company and and this is very fulfilling, or you know you're president of the country or uh, and and this is much more the thing that drives you and and so on and uh, um, and and you're you're fine with you not being the the role model you're not you're you're you're, you're okay with not being uh I don't know you're okay with the feeling that that the kids will not love you the kids will not look up to you they will not take learn from you and they might end up you know what however they might might end up okay.
1: uh, like yeah.
0: yeah and this this is this is common like they're they're common too so uh, but i don't put any like big judgment on it it's just you need to figure out, uh, figure out whatever, but don't be like if you feel or if anyone feels like they are half halfway or they're not happy or content uh, at that, that stage of the life. I'm just saying maybe the the values are simply a bit off and. Uh, and especially just who am I doing this for? Is it for social pressure, or is it because of my own pressure? Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I also wanted to fill out on was this, um, so uh, regarding now with the corona thing happening and so on, um, I think one thing that might have to, or will change, I don't know, is that, it has been this like the last couple of generations that we have less or more and more, um, like more and more people coming into the uh, work market that are more like, I'm going to do a bit like I feel, I want to feel fulfilled and I want to feel like I'm, I belong to this or I have a meaning with my work. And um, I'm not going to work full time because I, I, I need to do like, my own uh, finding myself and travel, uh, whatever it might be. And I think there's a symptom of uh, uh, um, luxury. Like, it's luxury. We can do this because we have, yeah, I, I have roof over my head. And uh, I know I'm always going to have food on my te- table, uh, like on my dinner table. Um,
1: Even though sometimes. So- a really long fasts by accident. I saw that on Instagram. Sorry, you <laughs> did an extra long fast by accident, didn't you? On Instagram, I saw the other day you did like was it eighteen hours, and then all of a sudden it's
0: like twenty five hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, but that was uh, more to. um to be prepared for a big buffet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, but what, what what I wanted to come down to was that if you know that there's always gonna be food on your table and so on, you're not gonna be as anxious that, you know, I might lose my job, I might do this because there's always somewhere there, someone there to buck me up, right? um and uh so it's a lot of security uh built into the system now um i i i kind of like this uh the idea of again gaining reps getting reps on whatever you're doing if it's yeah whatever you're learning whatever you're doing like you have to do the boring shit and uh do like gary Vee uh phrases it like you have to learn to eat shit and uh <laughs> and you you eat shit for 15 years or whatever and uh then you might get a bit better um and um i think that that might be, become more relevant now after corona and during corona uh we we say they say it's going to be like a four weeks lockdown now. Um, in um, yeah, in Berlin at least, uh, and I anticipate that this will be maybe eight weeks. Maybe it's going to be until March. Who knows? So, um, and I, I I pointed this out like in the last lockdown is that. This is not the time where you put your feet up high and watch Netflix. It's, this is the time where you have to work harder. And, uh, and so right now, like there are still jobs, jobs and so on, but um, soon there will, uh, or it's already starting to be like this, but there's a lot of jobs that are gonna disappear. And it's going to be more of a fight to survive kind of thing happening. And uh, I think the, the more you are preparing now, putting in reps, becoming really good um, and clever, uh, whatever field you're uh, doing it in, it's going to serve you um, well as this uh, uh, moves on. So. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you you make a really good point with it's a luxury now of what we what we are able to be anxious about. The majority of us or who listen to the podcast in that case. And mm-hmm. um, I think what also I realized in the last weeks is I always had something that was like Pretty fucking hard, but I was somehow, you know, like, mangling with, like, degree was not easy at all. I had, you know, a couple of years there, it was really, that was tough, like, that was hard. Um, coming to Berlin and starting a new job and then quitting that job and coming working work with an escapist and, like, that was also hard. That was a challenge and I was kind of constantly on my toes. And I think what, once I moved and then Corona came and I was like, okay, we've got another challenge here. We've got another thing to keep us on our toes. And I think I was like, okay, you know what? Um, lockdown is kind of over in England. I need to move somewhere. I'll move somewhere where I don't know anyone, where uh, you know I have to find a job, whatever. That'll be a good challenge. And then move, I got super lucky with finding a relatively soon um i got lucky and i fell into the right place at the right time and got a job and then i was like okay that'll be a good challenge like getting back into coaching after so long yeah it hard. and it, it, at first it was really hard and i was like i haven't coached in german i think ever an entire class and like it was like okay well no no practice classes like we're starting right away and I was like I you know I didn't sleep the night before and it was fine and I didn't do a a great job but I did my best and then it was easier than I thought it would be to like sort out my life here and in the last weeks I was like okay where's the next hardship that's gonna fall on my face (laughs) because um that's what it's always been. And now the lockdown comes. So like, it's what I was maybe, I don't know, subconsciously waiting for or anticipating. Yeah. Now it's another, it's another little challenge. Um, and like you said, we don't know how long it's gonna last. And if it's three months, you know, you know, you know whatever happens with travel plans at Christmas, all of these nice, happy ideas that we have, you know, I get to go back to the state and see my family like hmm, not sure about that Christmas might be here um it's you know the gym is closed and the gym is kind of my happy place and I have come to appreciate spending time with people more than I think I ever have and now that's not a crux anymore so I I think I it's a not bad timing for this and it's an opportunity to practice the mental side and the resilience and to like you said use it as an opportunity to work harder and for me I think to find my
0: next challenge yeah I think so you to put yourself into this kind of discomforts of uh uh, yeah, doing the uh, uncomfortable stuff makes us grow. So, uh, if I have like a to do list, uh, it is always the most uncomfortable thing on top of the list or somewhere on the list. You just look at the list, and then, like, the thing that is the most hard, like, that, that's the one you need to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually the one we, uh, Um, you know postpone all the time and it might be it might not even be like yeah I have to do my studies or I have to do my you know whatever it might be like I have to pay my bills so it might just be like this very uncomfortable call to your brother mom uh, ex-boyfriend Uh, whatever it might be and just have that conversation with that person that might be the hardest thing in your life at the moment and you're totally uh, it's not on the to-do list right because yeah why why would that be on the to-do list but there are these things that we are subconsciously not doing Um, and um, I think it's like just because I took that example I think social um relationships uh are something that are really really important to distinguish if we are um yeah if we can move on and stuff like that so um it's very easy to chase ghosts instead of fixing you know uh, this this classical thing uh, that I thought about, like already when I was like sixteen, is that people that have a lot of problems at home, they want to fix other people's homes yeah. instead of fixing their own. Yeah. And this is kind of the yeah, like Jordan Peterson uh, has one of his rules that you know, yeah, that I came across a, a couple of years ago when his book is like yeah. The thing is you have to clean your own room first, and then you can go and fix the the world. This is kind of the, uh, it's obviously a metaphor, but um, we, there are sometimes things in our own room we're totally neglecting. And we're thinking like, yeah, everything is nice. I have a nice apartment or have a nice life. Um, You know, I have a nice job and uh, I love my kids but somewhere it's always like uh, comes down to like yeah but my relationship with my sisters like like yeah we haven't talked in 10 years and just gets forgotten and that's uh, usually a big hole that you know yeah then it makes everything else it's just yeah i have everything here but you know one of the most important persons in my Life that I, I might not even like, but it, we, we have an unsolved problem back there. So um, th- those are uh, usually big drivers for people to chase ghosts instead of you know, uh, fixing those things uh, to start with. Um, yeah, so wh- what is your next challenge gonna be, you think?
1: Well, first, deal with lockdown. See how my... I think I i do really struggle with if I can't go out and do that now, having that social anchor every day that's like training plus being with people, that's a big part of my life now. Like that really defines my day, my weeks, um... So figuring out how, and without work now, without work at the Elgin, I think the biggest challenge for me will be spending most of the time by myself again. And I am lucky that I have a a on here um, and we get along really well. Mm. But spending a lot of time by myself in the same environment something I already struggled with before that I was kind of like, you know, patching through sort of because I'm going from place to place and moving around throughout the day. But spending like eight, nine hours a day in my kitchen and then like, okay, so it's shitty weather out. Do I do my snatches with my janky barbell in my bedroom? Or, you know, do I go outside into the rain and do it? when the weather hits like that. So those are the two things over the next couple of weeks I'll be focusing on. And I think I miss being like cognitively, intellectually challenged. So I'm about to bite the bullet and buy, have you heard of Red Pill?
0: Uh, no, I'm not sure what that is they um
1: I think it's to James Jowsey and I forget the other guy's name. Pair of coaches. There's a couple more like sub coaches, but like the two head guys who started Red Pill are out of the UK. They coach Sam Briggs and another female athlete whose name escapes me. And then the other, the other higher level who didn't make it to the games english athlete who was he was at a bunch of sanctionals recently or recently the ones that have them before the first lockdown um they're they've got a really good podcast really nice like super nerdy on spotify and sure. they just a couple months ago launched like a generic training program because before they had been doing individual programs and I've kind of like delved into their podcast, samples of their programming, and now they're just launching like an education bundle.
0: Okay. It's
1: like, I don't know, it's a hundred bucks or a hundred bucks for five mini courses on things to do with training, energy systems, musculoskeletal system, that kind of thing. Um, and that'll be my educational and sort of taste of what I think maybe maybe my next degree. We'll see. Because I think as we'll see what the education system here looks like, mm-hmm. now, academic degree, like doing a sports science degree, or a chemistry. Mm-hmm. Degree, something in that direction is I think in my future.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what what is your what is your what is your dream dream job or dream occupation? It might not be a job even. Like where where are you?
1: Good question. It's also funny because it's like when people ask me, okay, oh, like, where are you from? Blah blah blah. So you in Munich, yeah, yeah, okay. And then I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have a next move planned. And like, I've always had a next move planned. And it's like <laughs> a really weird feeling to think, yeah. I can't see myself living here for the rest of my life. That's like, it's a really weird thing for me to imagine. And I, I, I guess I never thought about it as deeply, but I can only see myself like ever really moving around. Um, but as for work, I don't know. Directly, what Andy Galpin does, I think, is kind of spot on in terms of, you know, Andy Galpin, no. Yeah,
0: yeah. Dr. Galpin. <laughs>
1: you know, the most- a most recent podcast with him and Lane Martin.
0: I haven't been to it now.
1: Good. It's really. It's also very entertaining, but it's good. Um, he. Because he does the the sciencey side, the nerdy side, the very intellectual, the very like deep thinking, like.
0: Yeah, he runs a lab right in Los Angeles, or so, where yes. he does a lot of like muscle fiber testing and stuff like that.
1: So I think that like the science direction is cool. Yeah. I don't want to spend my entire life in a lab or. In that kind of shape but something in the like science direction plus the fact that he's got that route he's got he's teaching he's taking what he's finding out and learning and discovering and then teaching other people which I think is the best way to learn yourself and try to understand yourself what's going on so he's also like All of his free YouTube videos are really a, such a charitable thing that he's doing, like it's making the world, I think, a better place in Mm -hmm. the 1% that he's contributing. And then the other side, he's working and coaching in person. Well, before Corona, I don't know exactly what he's doing now, but that he's coaching individual, a handful of individual athletes that he's got those three kind
0: of branches that's so really attractive yeah it comes from this um uh, same gang as uh barbell shrugged guys yeah. right yeah. so uh like i don't know but by coincidence or whatever but um uh, yeah they all kind of uh tangle up uh during the way and then so on uh he wrote a book together with um uh, brian mckenzie also
1: yeah yeah
0: and uh i recall when he when he talked about that book and he was uh um yeah he was not so convinced about like uh crossfitters being so good at finding ways of uh you know enhancing training or whatever and um Brian McKenzie was kind of the guy who who uh i don't know surprised him uh, in one way that well he's really uh, into something here and, and so on yeah but yeah they, they're all kind of interconnected there i i guess like the uh, these guys in in uh, West Coast uh, and so on. I'm not really really sure where the Bar- Barbra Shrugged guys come from, but it more so, sounds more like mid mid Midwest or something like that. But yeah.
1: I want will say Andy Gaffin and Doug Larson, and then the third guy who's not with Barbra Shrugged
0: anymore. What's his name? Mike Mike Bledsoe. Yeah,
1: they they all studied together. No? Yeah. yeah. And then somewhere along the way, Anders Warner came into play when Bloodso left. And then Gaufen didn't go down the barbell shrugged. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny that it's also interconnected.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's how it is. Um, all right, uh, Claire, where, where shall we? Uh... Where shall we put the flag for this one?
1: <laughs> Until next time. Do <laughs> you wanna update maybe? What are your training plans during do you, are you guys doing like any challenges? I know you're probably you're going back to the individual programming now that you were doing before.
0: Yes. So we are probably gonna have uh, about hundred people doing uh one-on-one training uh, like last time. So that's gonna be really co- cool again, like because everyone that is uh, participating in that, they will have like a lot of personal gains. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's still a challenge for, for us for um, to keep everyone motivated and so on. But. Uh, we're going to have a challenge to this, like a lockdown challenge too. So, um, everyone that is participating, uh, like in the online training, they will also have, we're, we're going to do some metrics. We're going to have some leaderboards, um, and, uh, yeah, see how, I don't know, maybe we kind of create our own mini open kind of thing.
1: someone that i know i don't know if you know adam french they all from the the world did a he owns wade like a supplement company um he's kind of in the uk kind of pretty well known he did a they called it like the i think they called the home alone open
0: last workout
1: last lockdown which was fun it was like it was good
0: yeah last lockdown there were a couple of those um, for sure' like yeah from from most of the big big uh, competitions for sure, um, but yeah, so we'll we'll be busy for sure with with all of that, and um um yeah, otherwise, I mean, now it's just being trying to be um yeah working harder, as I said, developing new. St- new stuff uh what's the next thing like what's the plan for next year uh what's the plan for the next couple of years so um building on that not only being like in this you know uh just looking at your feet but actually also looking at the horizon so that's uh what we are uh, also up to for sure and uh, i mean it's going to be a mess with this corona stuff the next year, years to come. So um, but it's going to also leave a lot, a lot of opportunities. So uh, first opportunity was I, I, I got, uh, got new, uh, four new assault bikes today. So hey.
1: <laughs> I mean, at the moment, that's my favorite piece of conditioning. I love
0: the assault bike. So we had, we have uh, uh, like our members. They can have, uh, they can pick up uh, equipment. Oh,
1: nice!
0: Uh, dumbbells and, and kettlebells for free, and they can rent like the bigger ones, like <laughs> rollers and bikes, um, or the rowers and so on. But we said uh, we pay you if you take the bikes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you can ship a bike over here. I'll take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyone who wants to have the bike, yeah, yeah. If you want to reflect that on you, yeah. um, no. So uh, yeah, we'll see how, how it moves on. Um, I hope you uh, you find uh, a lot of uh, you know good things out of this, and uh, yeah, maybe start the red pill. Uh, yeah, find the direction there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I wish you good luck. I mean, most as someone who's also coaching other people, I'm most concerned about your sleep in the next weeks, whenever um, the birth comes. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> that that's not a problem when when you have when they're that small then this is the this is the big advantage of being a uh a um male uh <laughs> uh in 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 uh, reproduction uh insight um no so uh babies are the most the first months at least very attached to the mother so we uh, dads are usually more like you know I'm here, but yeah, you no, know, Tit is here, so. I <laughs> hope <Okay, come
1: on. laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be fine. We, uh, it's uh, it is always like it is. This is kind of our new stress, of course, but uh, uh, that's how you again you grow, you learn how to master that. You know i'm I've already learned how to how to um cope with you know four hours of sleep and eighteen hours of work that's uh that's no problem you just eat it and go on <laughs> yeah no and enjoy it like uh, that's the thing like uh, uh this is a good thing this is life like it's uh it's boring if you're just not, you know, if you're not pushed, pushed around a bit, you know. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for the shirt.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hope it fits.
1: No, it's perfect. It's great. Award. <laughs> <laughs>